Hey, Pineapple Principal community. We are so excited that you are joining us today for another podcast. Um, I have a very, very special guest with us today. Um, you know, we just came out of our um, Jesus is Human series, and we were talking about Jesus and how he experienced different feelings, um, being, you know, mad, sad, um, betrayal. We just talked about Jesus and his feelings. And today we're actually, um, I have my lovely, beautiful daughter-in-law, Ariel, with us today. Um, I have been wanting her to share her story because, you know, we're all about people's stories around here, and we love talking to people and sharing their stories and and giving you hope for things that you go through. But um, the emotion that basically we're going to talk about today is grief, and um, that is that was part of Ariel's story. Um, Ariel um, and I kind of have this... Um, I guess kindred spirit type thing. We both um, were daddy's girls who lost our dads way too um, early. Actually, she lost her dad when she was only 12 years old. And so I just want Ariel to talk about that, to share her story, and to talk about how she overcame um, that situation in her life, that feeling of grief, and, and not having her father in her life at such an early age. So Ariel... Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> um, I can talk all about you, and I can say, oh, she's married to one of my sons. Yeah. Um, uh, she has two of my amazing grandchildren, my oldest grandchild and my youngest grandchild. Mm-hmm. So, But is there anything else that you want our audience to know about you? Um, no, I think that is pretty much it. I, you know, have two amazing kids and a wonderful, loving husband and, and part of your fun, crazy family. So (laughs) it's always exciting. (laughs) Yes, it is. And, and you were raised in church just like I was. Yes. Yeah. That's all you've ever known your whole life Mm -hmm. is, is church and Jesus and going to church. Your grandparents were missionaries. and, And so you're, we have a lot of, um, similar background. Mm-hmm. And um but like I said you lost your dad when you were 12. So do you just want to take us back to that story and and tell us what happened? Yeah, sure. So um it was St. Patrick's Day in 2002 and my dad worked at a um, steel mill. He was a crane operator. Um and the place he worked they would do um they would freeze shifts. So he would have to take another 12, 14 hour shift if someone didn't show up or something like that. Um, and that did happen to him. And it was Sunday. We were waiting for him to come home to take us to church from that. And he wasn't home when he was home, when he was supposed to be home. Um, and he would always call my mom or, you know, make contact somehow. And so my aunt came and picked us up and took us to church. Um, we had no idea what was going on. I mean, we were just waiting to go. So, um, And then after church, we were taken to a hospital, and we weren't really sure why or what was going on, but um, we walked in, and my dad was there. His arm was in a cast. He had gotten in a really bad car accident, broken his arm. Um, His septum was torn all the way up. They had to reset it. It was pretty gross. Um, But um, And my mom was there, and she looked really upset. She had broken out in, like, about 100 fever blisters all over her mouth. Um, And she basically told us that 
Yes, he was in a car accident. He's okay. However, they have diagnosed him with a stage four uh, brain tumor. And um, he had a glioblastoma brain tumor. And there's about a 3% survival of that. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot of chance um, to live. The doctor actually told my mom he had six months to live and he would be dead. Um, so that was pretty upsetting for her. So she went and got a new doctor that would provide some sort of hope for her. Um, and he did. Um, and my dad did a lot of chemo and radiation, um, had to shave his head. Um, he went under gamma knife and all, anything that was available, he tried. Um, and, um, it somewhat worked a little bit and then cause it was shrinking. And then, um, like a week or two later, it doubled in size. Um, and it's just, it was a lot. Um, my mom kept us very much aware of what was going on. She didn't want to, um, hide anything or make it look like he was not going through something and that our lives were normal. Um, she did want us to proceed as normally as we could. So we would still hang out with friends. Um, you know, go to school. We did all the normal things kids do while our dad is at home, um, dealing with cancer. Um, so we did that and then he just kept getting worse and, you know, he would have seizures. Um, and he fought this for about a year. Um, so he lived longer than six months. So Mm -hmm. that was nice. Um, I mean, he, yeah, he lived longer than six months. So that was that was really nice. Um, but um, he fought it for about a year and probably I forget when they decided to bring him home for like a hospice type in home mm-hmm. care. Um, but they did. Um, my mom wanted him to be home when he passed um, so that we could still see him and be part of it. Um, and um, as it got closer um, to the time of him passing like she would show us like his fingernails like the different like things that you look out for when someone's dying um just so that we could somewhat be aware um of how much time was left um so that happened and then I went to Indiana to visit family or maybe it was friends I don't remember it was either family or friends I don't know exactly but on the way home I was riding with my sister and my aunt and my mom called my aunt and my aunt was really quiet and was like, okay, we'll be there around this time. And as soon as she got off the phone, I knew he had died and I was like, he's dead, isn't he? And she's like, no, like your mom's going to talk to you when we get home. And I was like, okay. And I get out of the car and I just remember seeing the sidewalk to get into the front door And it looked a whole lot longer than it normally did. It's like Mm -hmm. when you walk down, you know, a scary hallway. But um, um, my mom took us individually into her room. And um, basically she told us that our dad had passed um, and that she was really sorry. You know, it was just um, there was nothing more they could have done. There was, you know, he tried everything that was available. I mean, he even went to Benny Hinn's healing services for crying out loud. He literally did everything he could. Um, and um, she just apologized to us. And we just, you know, I was like, it's okay. Like my my number one thought was, okay, who's going to who's gonna take care of us? Who's going to go to work? Who's going to pay the bills? Like this has mm-hmm. to happen. Like life has to go on 
in some way. And she's like, you don't need to worry about that. It'll be fine. Um, and I was 12. So like, yeah. he was your provider. That's yeah. what you knew him as. Yeah. yeah. So he um, was everything like it was just like having the rug pulled out from under you. Um, and I will say the nice thing about him right before he did pass, he pulled each of us into the room individually. And like even my youngest brother, who was um, three at the time, and basically told us that our mom is young and she's beautiful and she needs to love again and she is going to get married and that we needed to love and respect whoever she married as much as we did him. And it was a nice way to just gently release us into um, another person that could care for us. And um, I didn't really recognize it at the time. I mean, I was like, like I, was, I was a kid, so yeah. there's not um, – there wasn't a lot. Like, I really didn't connect the dots like that. Um, but um, – she apologized and, you know, we, um, I actually don't remember the funeral at all. Um, I have no memories of that. And, um, I know it happened though, but you know, just no real memories of it. Um, and then we just kind of went on, you know, kept going to church. We kept trying to live as normally as we could, um, and my mom was always really big at keeping us in church. Even when my dad was sick and fighting, um, we kept going to church, and so did he. As much as he could, he was always there. Um, and, you know, you have people, like, during his fight that would say, if he only prayed enough, if he only did mm. the X, Y, and Z enough, he would have lived. Um, and it's not true. At all, there's nothing you can do. You just have to trust because God is sovereign mm -hmm. and whatever he allows is okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's what he's allowed. Um, but also when you're doing all of these things, it's um, working towards your faith and not actually trusting and just having that childlike faith that he asks us to have. Um, and so we would have people do that. And I mean, obviously, I mean— he still died in the end, but having to um, go on without him was hard, and it was sad. Um, I used to have people tell me that I looked a lot like him, and it would make me mad because I felt like they only saw him. They didn't see me. Mm -hmm. um, I was irrelevant. Um, and it was just what people wanted to see to make them feel better. Um, and like my mom, um, she was a really great, um, support in the whole thing. Um, she kind of just let us crumble when we needed to crumble and she was there to pick up the pieces. Um, and I really can't say enough good things about her. Um, cause I don't think I could have gotten through it all uh, without her. Um, so, and, like, the experience that I had with that is entirely different than what my sister had. But um, I have a Bible verse that I always um, would revert back to even when I was, like, in kindergarten, like, really young. And it was Philippians 4.13, and it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. um, and I just would kind of constantly say that over myself. And I can do this. I can do hard things. I can go through life. Um, 
even though my dad's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because he is the ultimate comforter. Um, he is there in your times of need. And yes, he is. He's close to the broken heart and in Christian spirit. And I would just say that, like, you know, he's he's not terrible. Um, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? You just never know. Um, but you just learn to be okay with it and accept it for what it is. Um, because my mom did marry again. And, you know, it it worked out for all of us. I mean, I honestly, my dad now, I cannot pick between either one of them. If I was given the choice to have my dad back or stay with my dad now, I would not be able to choose because they're both just so wonderful. Um, and he's been, you know, a great dad. He's been he a has. great grandfather. I mean, he's he's a lot of fun and he's really sweet. Just He's a lot like my dad was. Um, so it God did repair us and make us whole. Um, there's always still that little bit of sadness because grief is not something you ever really just get over no you don't get over it no it's you have to work through it and it kind of ebbs and flows like the ocean it's you know I do really good and then you know I have a kid and I'm like oh my god you look like my dad Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's weird um but also thank you because like when I was pregnant with both of my kids I prayed that they would have something that was just obviously his that I could see and just smile on and be thankful for um and they both have something of it like Merrick and Sahar both have his dimples and my dad's pictures of him as a child look a lot like Merrick's do do. so it's kind of nice to see that um and it's just like a nice little present that God was like Mm -hmm. I haven't forgotten yeah I still have the picture you sent me of your dad that he was when he was little that looks like Merrick on my phone yeah so it's it's really nice to have those little gifts and just you know trust that God needed him more than I needed him um which sounds kind of crazy because he doesn't need anybody but um but that's what people say yeah when you're hurting that's what people say yeah exactly um and a lot of times there's just not a bunch they can say to comfort you so you just kind of have to be okay with you know just being present for somebody but um I saw this thing where um they were talking about grief um And it's basically, and this is just um, a shorthand. I don't, I'm terrible with expressions. So, um, but it basically is grief is love with no place to go. Mm. Um, Yeah. And it is because it's not, you know, I don't resent anything. I don't, you know, um, I just have a whole lot of love that I can't give to him. I can't physically hug him. I can't ever you know, see him again, not until we get to heaven anyways. Right. So that is the nice promise that, um, he gives us also, which is, you know, cause I, I know he had Jesus in his heart and I yeah. know he, um, I know he's up there. So it's kind of nice. Um, but it was just, it was a hard year and it, you know, like I said, it ebbs and flows and, um, hardness and sadness, but, um, I have this book actually that my mom gifted me a couple years ago. Um, and it's by is I forget his name, um, but he's a rabbi and it's called more beautiful than before. Mm. And it's about grief and it's talking about when you're in the survival mode and getting to the healing 
area um, and kind of what that looks like. And at the very end of the book, um, there's a um, an excerpt um, and it says, what was beautiful when whole is beautiful when broken too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that resonated with me a lot because – you know, we were perfect, like, I won't say we were perfect when we were whole, when we were together, but it was, it was a happy, healthy home um, that kind of felt like was just ripped apart overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but God repaired it and provided someone that kind of blended and braided us together. And it was just a really nice, smooth transition. Um so I'm forever thankful for my dad, my mom, um, you know, and, you know, grief, we all experience grief at some point. You're right. So. Yeah. What, what you said is, you know, we don't get over it. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is they think they do have to get over it when you're going through something hard and someone, you lose a loved one. And I've always said, you don't get over it. You learn to get around it. Yeah. And um, and I also, when you talked about all that love that you had for your dad that you can't physically, like, show him and give him anymore because he's not here. Mm-hmm. And I, I always like to remind people, too, is, is that take that love and just pour it into other people, the yeah. other people that are around you. And you, you got to do that like mm-hmm. you not only got um a, a new dad mm-hmm. you know that came into your life and he is an amazing man and i think a lot of him but you also got another little brother and another little sister yeah that you get to pour all that extra love into and mm-hmm. i i mean i know you love your brothers but you and um Which ava ones? <laughs> Which yeah. Well, okay. We won't. This is this is gonna be out there. They're for not the whole watching. They're not, They're not gonna watch. <laughs> um, but um, like I know you and Ava have a very special mm-hmm. relationship, and um, it's like you said, you wouldn't be able to choose what if you if somebody made you choose which dad. There's yeah. no way you could. And it's like now that you have this sister that you wouldn't have without what you've what you've been through. Yeah. And I think it's always looking at what um what good. Like I always talk about, you know, taking those ashes and turning them into beauty. I love that scripture. Yeah. And like you now have this beautiful sister and mm-hmm. you have this beautiful relationship. Yeah. And um so I think I think that's special. And I love 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 how you talked about how you just settled on Philippians 4.13 (laughs) and said that to yourself over and over and over again, because that's something that I say here all the time is Mm -hmm. being in your word and knowing the word and saying it over yourself, praying the word is such comfort. That's why God gave it to us to Mm -hmm. use it. It's like the Bible is like our roadmap, but you know, people don't like this expression sometimes, but the Bible is the best self-help book that's out there mm-hmm. <clears throat> because God has given you everything that you need in it to get through those hard times. And I love that even as a young girl at, at the age of 12, you knew to take those words and use them and speak life over yourself. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And that you had this 
relationship with your mom and Mm -hmm. you still do that and how strong your mom was. And I, and me as a mom, I think the way your mom handled things was perfect. Like she, she let you keep living your life and going Mm -hmm. to school and being with friends. She didn't make you sit at home waiting for the anticipation of losing your dad and not being home. She, she wanted you to code and continue your life. But your mom was also very open and honest mm-hmm. and transparent about what your dad was going through. So there were there weren't surprises. Mm-hmm. She was very um, honest about what was going on and kept you open. And I think that helped yeah. you guys get through what you went through because of what she she went through. And then, of course, the foundation of keeping you in in church and uh, in that community and um, hearing the word and being around those people, I think that that really helped. Yeah. So what I want to ask you, if, if say, one of Ava's friends mm-hmm. uh, lost her dad right now, like, what what would you say to her to encourage her? Because you know all the wrong things that were said to you <laughs> as a child. You know, when you when you lost your dad and when you were going through that, if someone's going through something that's very similar um, to what you went through, what would you say to them? I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it does get better. Time does heal. Um, I would say the best um, thing that was done for me was um, keeping his memory alive, talking about my dad, being able to connect with him in pictures and videos um, and just keeping my relationship with um, my grandparents on his side Mm -hmm. and my aunt and uncle and all my cousins over there. Um, I think that helped heal my heart the most um, than any one thing, but I would just, you know, if you have a verse, cling to it. I mean, church is probably being part of a church is the last place you want to be part of when you're going through something. I mean, when you're going through something like that, it is because it feels like no one um, really understands. But also it's a whole lot of people that are there trying to love you and care for you and support you. So it's kind of a feels like a double edged sword sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um because like you said, sometimes people say the wrong things. Well, they say the wrong things out of, you know, they just don't know. Yeah. Ignorance. Um, and they're trying to be helpful. Um, and, I, and I love what you said about just sitting there with them. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, being okay. I had a girl in my class ask me if I was happy that my dad died um, because I wasn't going around crying all the time. And I was like, no, I'm just trying to, like, be normal like you. I'm trying to go to school. I'm trying to have a life. I'm trying to, like not pretend he doesn't exist, but, um, you know, just go on and be at peace with what's happened and just, you know, not be reminded of the loss that I've like endured over the past year. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just being comfortable in silence being with somebody, just being there to support them. You know, if somebody has, you know, my mom always said, don't ask to do something for somebody, just do it. Just take them a meal, just mow their grass. She's like, I couldn't even think of stuff when people asked me what I needed yeah. because I just, I was in such a cloud and it almost felt like it wasn't real. So, yeah. um, she, you know, just take action. I think Mr. Rogers, um, I think his mom is the one that says, look for the helpers. Yes. And yeah. so I always love that quote because the yes. people that are helping are providing the most support, whether they realize it or not. So, yeah. um, 
always be a helper, be available. Um, and just be comfortable in silence. It's going to be awkward and uncomfortable, but as long as there's support, I feel like that resonated the most with me. Yeah. So that's, that would be my biggest takeaway. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to add? <sighs> no, I think that. You did. You did a beautiful job. Thanks. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it very, very much. Of course. And I know that it's going to help someone else, even if they're not going through it now, that they'll remember mm-hmm. if they do go through it in the future, they'll remember this and they'll, um, it'll give them hope and it'll give them strength and encouragement to, to mm-hmm. get through grief of losing someone they love. We hope today's show encouraged you and gave you a few aha moments and most importantly, have you digging deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Make sure to check out the show notes for any scriptures or books we mentioned. And if you love the podcast, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen and share it with a friend. And if you want to know more, follow us on Instagram or go to our website, pineappleprinciple.org. Until next time, stand firm in your faith, own your crown, and love like Jesus.